Mamalode podcast. Mamalode is America's best parenting magazine in print, online, at live events, and now on podcasts. I'm Leland Buck. This is another special episode of our podcast. Every issue of Mamalode's print magazine includes a section called From the Mouths of Babes, and it features writing from a young person. All April, Mamalode is focused on our theme girls as a part of our partnership with One.org and their Girls Count campaign. As One's senior manager of strategic partnerships, Janine Harvey wrote, quote, around the world today, through no choice or fault of their own, 130 million girls are denied an education for a variety of reasons, from cultural norms and costs to violence and extremism. That's 130 million missed opportunities for girls to reach their full potential and help their communities and countries to grow. I wrote the accompanying show notes for this episode where I talked about how I had always intended to do an episode that featured young voices and perspectives, but opportunities to actually record such an episode were hard to find. Until last month, when Mamalode contributor and English teacher Jillian Kessler contacted me, What resulted was a series of recordings of her 7th and 8th grade students and a recorded conversation with Jillian, three students, and myself. Here are 7th grader Emmeline Derry, 8th graders Birch Banks and Georgia Walker Kelleher, and their teacher Jillian Kessler at the Missoula International School. You'll hear some of this conversation with readings from each of the students woven in. Emmeline Derry reads her original poem, It's Time at a reading given before parents and students at the Missoula International School. Birch Banks reads his poem, Inauguration. Birch read this poem before a crowd of over 10,000 people on the steps of the Montana State Capitol in Helena at the Women's March in January. Finally, Georgia Walker Kelleher reads her insightful essay, Bat Pee and Torn Jeans. What was it that sparked that energy behind these different pieces? Yeah, well, so I wrote my poem on Inauguration Day, because, so, well, what we did is we watched a poem called Rise Up by, um... Royce Mann, a young spoken word poet. So I just had, like, random lines that I used, and then that's kind of how I started the inauguration poem, and then specifically on that day, since it was Donald Trump's inauguration, that's kind of a big thing, um... (laughs) I um, kind of like put those ideas together and then I made a bunch of changes later and added stuff, but yeah, it was just kind of mainly a response. Hi, my name's Emmeline, if you didn't already figure that out um, or know that. Um, and the first poem I'm gonna be reading is called It's Time. I believe in a world where anyone can be anything. I believe in a world where anyone can walk down the street without fear of persecution, without fear of abuse, without fear, just because they don't fit with the label they were born with. Hey world, it's time to rip off those labels, those expectations. It's time to walk into every day, assuming everyone will be amazing. It may be naive, but hey world, it's time that trust, that love, that community and acceptance isn't naive. It's vital. Donald Trump, where you're building walls, we need to build bridges. We need to build communities. We need to reach out our hands and build the hope of the people around the world who are persecuted every day. If you believe in love, 
stand now. And if you can't stand, then do everything you can. And when there are walls in life, know that you can, that you will make it over. If you believe in love, know that you are amazing. You are amazing to the little girl who cried on inauguration day, the little girl whose tears made her stronger. If you believe in hope, tell everyone that it's okay to fall and it's okay to cry. As long as you use the tears in your eyes and the blood on your knee to pull yourself back up. Tell everyone that it's time to take hands and unite to fight for things bigger than ourselves, bigger than our groups, our countries, our separations and judgments, and yes, bigger than our labels. Hey world, it's time to stand up for this planet and everything on it. It's time to let anyone be anything. My name is Emmeline Derry and I'm 12 and I'm in seventh grade. You said I wrote these lines and I wrote this poem and I can change the world and I think that's something that it sounds um, well, kind of silly but that mm-hmm. I go back to a lot as an educator and I feel like middle school is such a, a perfect age. It's sort of a bridge between childhood and adulthood and their convictions are so so powerful and and definitely keep me feeling hopeful every day and so if I can share the hope that I get reading their work and hearing them speak a little bit with the rest of the world maybe people will feel a little bit more empowered and inspired and one thing that sometimes I hear from like kids is like when I grow up I'm going to do this like that's a totally classic thing when I grow up well the thing is like we can make changes now we don't have to wait until we're 18 before we start like fulfilling our dreams just like okay so I'm just gonna like do whatever oh I'm 18 I need to go start fulfilling my dreams sometimes kids feel like their voices don't have as big of an effect but if we're not listening to the voices of kids then like that that's the voice of our future so I think that adults probably do listen to the voices of kids and so I think a lot of kids don't realize that, but I think that's important to realize. And I think that yeah. the people who listen to kids best mm-hmm. are, this is a little biased, but are generally teachers. Mm-hmm. And the fact, like that's a great thing about education is that you can have these people who are willing to listen to you. And um, there's obviously exceptions, but most teachers do it because they like kids and they want to help you. And so. A great part about education is that you're surrounded by people who want to help you succeed. And that's not always the case when you're other places in the world. It's kind of unique that you're surrounded by people who like want to make the, help you make the most of your life. I feel so fortunate because these sorts of things, the words of these kids or standing next to Birch in front of 10,000 people at the Women's March in the freezing cold, waiting for him to read his poem in front of everybody, or watching Emmeline get up in front of the crowd, uh, the crowd at our poetry reading the other day, and feeling just moved to tears and watching the audience become moved to tears is what keeps me feeling enthusiastic and excited about my job so that hopefully we can be in an environment that Georgia referenced, an environment where teachers are actually excited to 
encourage kids and be with them and help them learn. And the older I get, uh, I've been t- it's 20 years this year that I've been a classroom teacher, and that's my number one commitment is to come to school each day excited about them um, because if I'm not it's not going to be a very fulfilling day for me okay so Birch tell us a little bit about yourself and your piece so my name is Birch Banks I'm 14 and I'm currently an eighth grader in Missoula International School and I wrote this piece around the same time as in the inauguration and I was sort of trying to center my head on all the jumble of emotions I was feeling after like after the election and leading up to the inauguration I feel like it's important for everybody to know that we can take part in and make an impact so go ahead and read for us I will Give hope a chance. All I'm saying is, give hope a chance. Because she loves to change the world. With each word, she brings light, like a dawn, a torch in the dark, a familiar friend, hope. Give peace a chance, because he really needs it. To say he is fighting war is an understatement, because he takes every blow to show the world it's not worth it. Never striking back, he embraces his enemies as only peace can, fighting a battle without hurting a soul. Peace. Give equality a chance, because they would do it for you. Equality has no boundaries, man or woman, gay or straight, white or black, Christian or Muslim. Because equality wants to see each of us have a chance to be the change the world needs. There are no walls when equality is involved. Equality. Give the world a chance. It won't end with one person. It will end when we all give in. To hate, who can't see the beauty in us all. To borders, who stops a man from loving a man. To guilt, who we hide behind until he steps aside to inequality, which makes it so that a woman can't get an education due to her gender. One extra X chromosome. We don't need them. The world doesn't need them. What we need is the torch at night of hope, the strong stance of peace, the welcome arms of equality, and each and every one of you. Thank you. (laughs) So Georgia, then you have a you have an essay for us. Yep. Tell, us tell us a little bit about yourself and your piece. Okay, my name is Georgia Walker Kelleher. I am 14 years old. I'm an eighth grader at Missoula International School, and um, this essay was a project for English, and it was right after we read *To Kill a Mockingbird*, and um, we are in just learning about how voice is so powerful and we were talking about how uh, Scout, the main character's voice, really drives that novel. And so we got this personal essay assignment and it was super open-ended. We can write about anything that we wanted to as long as we um, made it our voice. And so um, the hardest part for me about this project was finding something to write about. But um, my parents um, are huge travel advocates and so um, 
uh, we've traveled a lot and I thought that that was a really cool experience. And I also wanted to kind of capture, um, for the people who know me, I'm a pretty inquisitive and kind of, um, uh, I don't know how to describe myself. Uh, I, I really like learning new things and I like, I have a, um, yeah, I like learning about new places and, but I wanted to capture that like awe that I feel when I learn something new. Um, and so I feel like this moment in my life really did that for me. And so I wanted to write about it. Okay, so it's called Bat Pee and Torn Jeans. The cold was overwhelming, and the threat of baldness by bat pee was an ominous one. We were in a tunnel below 50 tons of solid stone, following a guide to an Ethiopian Orthodox church, surrounded by bats with acid pee. Why the heck were we doing that, you might ask? The answer is somewhat complicated. I guess it began in Portland, maybe Corvallis, Arlington perhaps, or Boston, or maybe it began before that. A hopeful Swarthmore couple looking for adventure and world travel. Now I was being dragged along. That's what you do when you're someone's kid, isn't it? Anyway, the trip had been fun so far. We were visiting Ethiopia on our way to a new life in Doha, Qatar. By this point, the airport airports, skin colors, and strangely colored bananas had begun to lose their appeal. We would have much rather been in our grandparents' hallway than this dark, cold one. Ellis had started the classic, Are We There Yet? But my parents were very occupied with the history of the charcoal dots on the wall. My interest level could be compared to the light level in this hallway. Both very low. But as the light at the end of the tunnel grew brighter, so did my optimism. Maybe this would be cool after all. It could be a castle, or it could have a moat, or even a drawbridge. I was obviously confused about the meaning of Ethiopian Orthodox. Finally, with the smell of dark pools of muddy water left behind us, I was able to gasp without choking. The church was huge and made entirely out of stone. The ground looked far away, but it was above me. I tuned in eagerly to the adult conversation. They talked about musclemen's and hidden churches. I understood the hidden part. From far away, you could barely tell there was anything there, let alone understand it was a church. Now, about these musclemen's. They might have been the really strong guys who made the church, but why would Christians be afraid of being attacked by their own workers? This didn't make sense, so ob obviously, being Georgia, I asked a question. What are musclemen's? My parents smiled like they still do when I mispronounce words, one of the side effects of learning new words by reading and not hearing them. They strategically corrected this muscleman misconception by carefully articulating Muslim, saving me from an awkward conversation when I arrived in Qatar. And then I found out we could go inside. The inside of the church reminded me of my art room, too much artwork and too little of a space. In its day, I could imagine the whole roof covered in vibrant colors, but now the rock was aging. All that was left of the bright colors was a neon yellow. My immature brain giggled at the thought of Ethiopians' veneration of pee and the thought of the bats being their guards. My brother and I decided to explore. Two kids, a giant stone box, and plenty of caves. It would be craziness not to look around. After a while, we returned to our parents. My skin knees and torn pants couldn't keep the smile off my face. My parents weren't quite as excited as I was. Half of us exited the church happier than we were before, which is unanimous if you round up from 50%. 
That evening, after my bath, I lay in bed covered by a mosquito net, listening to buses honk and smelling gas that drifted through my bedroom window. That night, I dreamed of castles, knights, and paint. I sweated with slaves and drew with ancient Ethiopians. My experience had hit Experiences had given me a depth of understanding my dreams couldn't even capture. The next morning, I thought to myself that other cultures and places are pretty cool, but you can't be afraid to rip your pants or get peed on by guardian bats to experience it experience them. Then I skipped out of bed to make some popcorn with our Ethiopian cook. Our laughter woke up the rest of the family. As I last week, two of you we're at the state math counts competition. Another one is a math elite as well, who wasn't there. All three of these kiddos had lead roles in A Midsummer Night's Dream this fall. These two um, spoke, were in my spoken word elective in the fall and have written lots of different um, powerful pieces that they've performed for our community. and. The three of you, it just happens. Leland kind of said, let's use these three kids, but really, really exemplify that idea of making the most of your education. So I just wondered if before we conclude, if you have any sort of final words about that, especially as two of you are about to graduate and do you have any words of wisdom about learning or um, words of gratitude about opportunities and etc before I let you go to your class that you're going to be 10 minutes late for I think that um, you should never take learning for granted like um, there's always something new to learn and that and never never be too cool to think something's absolutely incredible because um, it's such a great feeling to learn something new or see something in, um, majestic or but to never stop um, being able to acknowledge that and never stop trying to share that feeling with the rest of the world. I personally think that if you're meaning to make an impact, if you want to make an impact on the world in any way, that education can be super important, even if it's just teaching you just about life, because education can often be a very good metaphor for life, although I hope that um, in many places it's a bit more kind to you than life could be, but I know for a fact that I would never have gone to speak at the Women's March without a good education, good teachers, and the fact that our school, we have a teacher and that our school likes it when we're creative, and I know that Education can help you flourish as an individual. And I, that's probably the main reason that I am grateful I have an education. 
I want to thank Jillian Kessler and everyone at the Missoula International School for letting me spend so much time in Jillian's classroom last month getting to know all her fantastic students. I confess, I experienced great difficulty in editing this episode, as there was so much of these kids had to say. A special thanks to the three students, Emmeline Derry, Georgia Walker-Kelleher, and Birch Banks. Each student's piece is being published on Mamalo.com in conjunction with this podcast's release. You can find links to each in the show notes, as well as a video of 15-year-old Royce Mann reading his poem Rise Up on Martin Luther King Day 2017 at the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, which Jillian referenced. If you're unfamiliar with the Girls Count campaign and One.org, you'll find links to that in the show notes as well. If you've been enjoying the Mama Load podcast, please take a minute to rate or review us on iTunes or your preferred platform. Your feedback and support mean a great deal to us. Finally, I'd like to mention that we are now accepting submissions for this podcast on our submittable page. If you're a writer or performer and you want to submit to Mama Load in audio format, we'd love to hear it and hope to have submitted content included in upcoming episodes. Visit mamalode.submittable.com forward slash submit for more information. As always, thanks for listening to the Mama Load podcast. I'm Leland Buck, and I'll be back with another episode in a couple weeks.